Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. From James, the first chapter, verses 21 and 22. I'm going to be doing something tonight that I've been promising for the last few weeks that is going to be a little bit unusual, but it is going to be a way to apply this principle that you see in this passage and you see on the screen before you, being doers of the Word. This is our chance. I talked at length this morning about spending time together outside of these assemblies, how very important that is for Christians to be doing that. And in thinking of how to bring all that together, what was going to be kind of the, the take-home? What's the takeaway? What's the, what's the practical application of those truths? As I was thinking about that over the course of the last few weeks, I thought to myself, really, what better way to do that than to just set forward this, this very, very straightforward principle about this subject, and then let's just go put that into practice. And so this is going to be our chance to take what we have heard this day from the Scriptures and then be doers of the Word, as James says here. And I have encouraged you for the last several weeks, I've done that in the bulletin and I've done that from this pulpit, to be making some plans to spend time with other Christians tonight or in lieu of tonight, maybe this afternoon, and some of you have already done that. Whether that means having some folks over to your home, whether that means going out to eat at one of the many restaurant establishments that we have available here, maybe getting a group together and going and doing something entirely different. Even if all you do tonight is just hang around services for a little while longer, a few minutes longer than you normally would on a Sunday night, so that you can talk and visit with your brothers and sisters in Christ, what I'm going to do and what I've vowed to do is to give you a few extra minutes to make that happen. And the way I'm going to do that is by being very abbreviated in the things that I'm going to have to say tonight. Because the goal in all of this, just to build off of this morning's lesson, the goal in all of this is for us to grow closer to one another. And as I reiterated this morning, I think all of that begins, our growing closer as the family of God, it all begins by just spending time together. Now, as we think about this idea of being doers of the Word... I'm going to invite your attention tonight, one more time, to 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. This will be the only passage we'll be looking at. In 1 Peter chapter 4, even if you were not here for this morning's sermon, I think you're going to get the gist of it pretty quickly just by reading and look at these verses with us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8, 9, and 10. There Peter says, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, Peter says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly or fervently, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now let me ask you, just looking there at verse 8, let me ask you from verse 8, how serious do you take this business of above all things? When an apostle of the Lord, a man who literally walked with Jesus Christ, a man who at the time of this writing, he was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, when he says these words, above all things, how seriously do you take that? I mean, this is kind of like the writer of Ecclesiastes saying that this is the end of the matter. After all has been heard, here is the conclusion of everything. Above all things, Peter says... Have fervent love for one another. 
Let me ask you, if you had to rate your love on a thermometer from 1 to 100, how fervent would that love be for your brothers and your sisters in Christ? How intense would it be? How deep would it be? How strong would that love be? Fervent love. That's talking about a burning, heated, just can't get enough of it sort of love. This is the kind of love that I I remember having very seriously when Tiffany and I were first dating. And it's the kind of thing that would manifest itself by me sneaking into my house at 2 or 3 in the morning as so as not to disturb my mom and dad because I've been out late. And why? Because I've been out with her. And why was I doing that? Because I had fervent love for her. I just could not get enough of being with her. Love spending time with her. Still do. Probably now Tiffany would say I'm very annoying. But there was certainly a time where it was that burning, fervent kind of love. And you understand about that. When you meet that special someone, and you just can't get enough of them. You just want to be with them all the time. Does that describe in any way the kind of love that you have toward the family of God? Think about that. Peter says that's how God's people are to love one another. Now, just ask yourself this. How does that translate in my life? How does that translate as it pertains to the person sitting next to you on the pew? Or the person sitting in the row ahead of you? Or the person sitting behind you? Or the person sitting on the opposite side of the building, all the way in the back of the building, or all the way in the front of the building? How does that translate with them? How do they know that your love for them burns fervently? How do they know that? Do they have to guess about that? Do they really know that? Are they sure that you actually have that kind of love for them? Peter then goes on to say in verse 9, he says to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. The word hospitality in the New Testament frequently is taken to mean to entertain strangers. That is the Greek root of that word is the idea of entertaining strangers. But you know what? That's not the case here in 1 Peter 4 verse 9. Peter says to be hospitable not to strangers, but to one another. To your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Folks, I'm going to reiterate this a couple of times tonight. This is a command. This is not a hint. This is not a suggestion. This is a spirit-inspired apostle saying that number one, you better love each other. And then number two, you better be spending time together. Now, do you think that the fervent love that Christians are to have for one another... Do you think that all of that love, that it gets generated just in assemblies like these? Is that where you think that that comes from solely? Can you build that? Can you sustain that? Can you bond that kind of love simply by sitting in the pews with these folks a couple of times throughout the week? I'm going to just state what I said this morning, clearly and emphatically. You cannot and you will not. And while I do believe that there are many folks in this congregation who are actively seeking to develop this kind of fervent love and to have this kind of close bond with their spiritual family here, I must tell you, I'm not convinced that it describes everybody in this group. I could certainly be wrong about that. But I am not convinced that everybody in this congregation is plugged in and is connected with their brothers and sisters in Christ. My question to you is, if that describes you, my question to you, Mr. or Mrs. Doer of the Word, You are a doer of the Word, aren't you? Mr. or Mrs. Doer of the Word. My question is, when are you going to get around to doing 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 and 10? How are you living out this fervent love? 
How are you practicing that hospitality to one another thing? And let me be clear. You don't have to answer to me about that. I'm not the hospitality police. You don't have to report to me how and in what ways you are hospitable to people. I think hospitality can take on a number of different forms. But the question is, verse 10, how are you using your gifts? How are you being a steward of what God has given to you so that you can minister to your brethren? You know, I I wonder sometimes. I wonder how people think that they can somehow excuse themselves from passages such as these. Or at the very least, just kind of downplay the significance of passages just like these. Talk, for example, this morning about busyness. That gets used all the time as an excuse for why we can't do this kind of stuff. Oh, I'm just... It's too busy. She's got a lot going on. Too busy. Really? Really? You're too busy to help and to encourage and to spend time with other Christians? You're too busy to show love to your brother and your sister in Christ? You're too busy to do what God told you to do? Really? Well, if the answer to that is yes, then, then you're too busy to go to heaven. And guess what? You're not going to make it. I'll say this again. This is a direct command of God. This is no different than the commandment to take the Lord's Supper. This is no different than the command of baptism. This is what God says Christians are to do. Now, how and why do you think that you might be the exception to that? Somebody says, well, I'm just really, really busy. i got to get up early and go to work in the morning. Well, who doesn't have to get up and go to work in the morning? Why is it that we will spend that extra 30 minutes in bed playing that game on our phone or watching that show on Netflix or doing some other activity that we will allow to steal precious time from our precious sleep, but we're not willing to do that and forfeit that for this, to do what this says. Brother, sister, I'll say it again. You ain't doing this. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it because you're not doing what the Lord says. And so here's the chance. Here in just a very few short minutes, when that final amen is said, here's your chance to just kind of break out from the normal pattern of how you normally do things on a Sunday night. Here's your opportunity to be a doer of the Word. In fact, tonight, if you want to spend some time with other Christians, but maybe you've not received an invitation or you just didn't feel forward enough to go and extend an invitation to somebody else... You come and see me and I'll see to it personally that you get plugged in. If nothing else, me and you will go out somewhere together. But let's all leave this place tonight ready to put into practice what we know with absolute certainty the Lord wants us to do this. I've been greatly encouraged to hear of all the things that people have done already this day or are planning and getting ready to do later this evening. That's exciting for me. But whenever and however you go about getting that done, let's be making sure that these things and the things that we've talked about today that maybe have stimulated us a little bit, let's make sure that this doesn't get placed on the pile of good intentions. Instead, let's make sure this gets placed right in the box of being doers of the Word. Now, before we're finished here tonight, let me just stop and ask, are you a child of God? Are you a Christian? The things we've talked about today, they pertain to Christians, people who are in God's family. If you have never been baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, stop fooling around. Stop waiting. Stop wasting your life away. Stop playing on the patience of God. Tonight, be a doer of the Word and be obedient to the Gospel. What are you waiting for? We're ready to help you to do that.
If you are a Christian, but you've not been living right. Maybe you once were a doer of the Word, but you've not been so much a doer of the Word in recent days. Repent of that, brother or sister. Let us pray for you. Let us encourage you in whatever way that we can. Let's all leave here tonight. We're doing the Word. We're going to go to heaven together, and we're just anxious and excited to get there. You need to respond to heaven's invitation. Take advantage of this opportunity now while we stand and while we sing.